hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am your host, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Hey, man. Good. How are you doing? Doing well. I heard you just had to, you had to turn your AC on today. You know, things are hot out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's only like 88 degrees and the humidity is like um, non-existent, so it's all relative. Yeah, the problem is I have to basically turn my AC on the entire summer because of the humidity. Um, and so the only time it's really off is, uh, either late at night or when I'm doing this podcast. Um, but, but it's a wall unit, right? Yeah. So okay, I have to so keep it on. You don't pay that much like electrical. No, I also, my, I play a flat rate actually, which is ex- more expensive in the winter, but is worth it in the summer. Um, more expensive in the winter. Why? Meaning, no, meaning that like I pay a certain amount every month period. And so I'm overpaying for it in the uh, winter. Yeah, but, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the episode of Psych entitled The Greatest Adventure in the History of Basic Cable. A dep- episode title that's going to mean nothing to future generations when I like what Basic Cable is is not even like, I don't even know what people who are like 13 now would think when they hear that term. Yeah, one and two. It's not even the greatest adventure in the history of Basic Cable. Very mid episode. But it's a fun name for an episode. <laughs> yes. Um, but we start off. Not with a flashback. We start off in the interrogation room, and it's Henry, Sean, and Gus. It's late at night, and Henry says, "Don't say a word." And what does Sean say? Fergulus. Fergulus. Mm-hmm. What is that? Well, that the whole point is that he says, Henry says, "Sean, what did I just say?" And Sean says, "Oh, so what's the word now?" But we played Scrabble two weeks ago. It wasn't a word. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, Sean, Gus, and Henry are sitting in the interrogation room. So they appear to be in some real trouble. Gus is upset. Um, He lost his puma. Pumas? Mm -hmm. Pumas. He lost one puma to start. Okay, I guess I'm confused about the timeline of this episode. Well, the the interrogation room bit is after, is everything up to when they get, you know, the helicopter. And then the spit later is after that. Okay, gotcha. I think I didn't notice the Ugg boot in half of the shots, so I think that's yeah. what it was. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, so they uh, Henry's like, you know, tell them what they need to know, and Sean's like, what about Uncle Jack? And, you know, did you break any laws, et cetera, et cetera. And they might have impersonated priests, so that might have been a law they broke. Um, yeah, so Vic, Lassie, and Jules, they go into the room, and they want some fucking answers. Um, and they want one very specific – they want one answer to a very specific question, which is where is the gold? Mm-hmm. So right now I think we're looking at a treasure hunt episode or something. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and they – Sean's like, well, they have to start 20 years ago. And so we, this is when we get the flashback to Sean's childhood, and we see actor Stephen Weber – uh, in a classroom with young Sean, and he is telling a story about a pirate named Bouchard who was searching for Spanish gold, had syphilis, and maybe left some gold hidden in the Santa Barbara area. And at this whole time, he's wearing a um, name tag that says Sean's dad on it. But there's a small problem for Sean that is walking outside up to the window. Yeah, Sean's actual dad shows up, um, and, you know, I feel a little bit bad for him that, <clears throat> for whatever reason, his dad seemed to be um, embarrassed, sorry, his dad, his that he was embarrassed of his dad's job, or he just didn't want him there, and I, I don't know how I would feel if I was in that position. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, Henry goes in, basically puts the kibosh on uh, this whole act, 
um, mentions that Jack doesn't actually have treasure. And, mm-hmm. you know, luckily for the kids, it's mm-hmm. not that he doesn't, he doesn't have treasure, but he's got chocolate. So that's always yeah. a nice consolation prize. Yeah. Um, you know, so shouts to chocolate covered, I mean, go, uh, chocolate gold coins. Always, you know, a fun surprise. Um, then we cut the worst quality chocolate, though. Oh yeah, it's it's bad chocolate. Um, mm-hmm. You really think that? I wonder if that, like, when they're at the bad, when they like do all the good chocolate, it's like, oh, here's the leftovers. All right, uh, gold covered coin company, you can come on and take over the machines. You know, it's, did you, did the you watch? Did you watch the the Wonka trailer? I did not uh, because I don't care about the trailer because I'm probably going to see it no matter what because I see almost anything. Okay, yeah, I'm kind of amped for it. I mean, I don't... Yeah, I saw clips. I saw some of the clips we were making fun of with Timmy Chalamet not acting good, and I'm like, that's fine, but also, like, I'm gonna give the benefit of the doubt to the guy who made the Paddington movies. I mean... I haven't you know, seen those. They're very good, and they're also... But, they're like, they're very earnest in a way that would probably seem silly if you took clips of it, you know, out. Um, and I'm just, like, someone who, like... I ve- It's very rare that a trailer... Unless, like, there's a disastrous special effect or something that makes me completely out of it, especially when it's made by a director who has made good movies. Like, obviously, good directors are capable of making bad movies, but I think it's kind of just, like, especially because some of the same people who... I guarantee you some of the same people are making fun of the trailer. If you looked up in their Twitter, they'd be like, you look up the word Paddington on their Twitter, it's probably like, Paddington 2 is one of the greatest movies of all time and made me cry. It's like, I just, I honestly find the way that some people on Twitter don't give benefits of that to good directors, like, annoying. It's like... People just don't wake up and decide to make a bad movie. What about Cats? Rob Marshall is not that good of a director. I mean, I'm not really... He wasn't a director. What? Of Cats? Rob Marshall yeah, was a director. To- it was no, Rob, no, Tom Hooper. Sorry, sorry. Yep, you're right. I was confusing Cats with... Um, what was I confusing with? The Little Mermaid trailer. Sorry, Tom yeah. Hooper is also not a good director. I, honestly, they, they blend together in my mind wow. the people who, who make bad musicals um, because they don't know how to shoot wide shots. Um... Oh, because he wasn't. He was. Uh, I didn't watch Les Mis. I didn't see that. I only. Saw I haven't King's seen speech. all of it, but I've I've seen. I mean, The King's Speech is a nicely made movie, but it's like boring, and I don't know. I guess like he's like he's like a uh, an eighty five year old man's idea of a good director. Um, but anyway, Cats yeah. is um, also the thing. The reason I even said the thing about the effects is because of Cats. That's what I was thinking about when I said disastrous <laughs> effects. Um. Uh, anyway, uh, so they. We cut back to the past before any of this nonsense. Um, And Henry, Sean, and Gus are coming back from a movie, and they see that someone has broken into Henry's house. So if you were to guess, what movie do you think they would have come from? 2007. He fell asleep and was confused. So probably No Country for Old Men. Yeah, I was going to guess like Noah, but that might be too late. Noah? Oh, that's way too late. 2014. Oh, so Black Swan maybe? 2010. Damn. Okay, I was thinking of an Aronofsky movie. Uh, wrestler. I don't know. The wrestler two thousand eight. Still, still too. I mean, yeah. the Fountain is the most confusing Aronofsky movie as far as I know. I've never seen it, but I've never um, seen it. Two thousand six, I think. Yeah. So they're not seeing an Aronofsky movie. The man doesn't make movies frequently enough for you to make that to, to do that. Uh, but you know. Okay. Yeah. Um, for the shot. Yeah. And so they're going inside, they're looking around, and Sean sees a penny. On the counter, and so he knows who it is. And who is it? It's good old Uncle Jack. Um, which, you know, if anything, I love that for whatever reason, in most, I don't know, I'm gonna guess Italian, Irish families, there's always one scumbag, Uncle Jack. 
It's I mean, my Uncle Jack is actually probably the wealthiest of any of my uncles. So that's not mm-hmm. true for me. But I do have an Uncle Jack. He's a very funny guy. But he... Uh, well, put it this way. If they're referred to as Uncle Jackie, they're probably... For sure. Living the, below yeah. the margins. Like, the uncle I have that, like, has long hair and, like, spends a lot of time ice fishing is not my Uncle Jack. But that's a very Uncle Jack behavior. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so we learned that he's, you know, no Sean Gus. He used to take them to bed on the ponies. Um, and he apparently was on Prince Albert's boat. Then he just was at Machu Picchu, got some masks. He's, you know, clearly a huckster, a, you know, you, we know the type. Um, but he's yeah. back in town because he's there to find Bouchard's treasure. Correct. Um, which is what he was talking about in the flashback. Um, and that's when we get a little bit, no, that's not where we get it. Um, like I, like you said, he's definitely a phony of some kind, mm-hmm. um, and Henry certainly thinks that as a result of seeing the price tag taken off the bottom of a gift that he was given. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, at least he brought some presents. Um, but the one big thing that Jack has to contribute here is a very old-looking map, and mm-hmm. I guess this speaks volumes because it gets everybody kind of believing. Yes, and so they kind of review. Um... Uh, sorry, they, they, we then cut to the theme song, then back to the interrogation room, and we see a Hispanic-looking gentleman monitoring the... He's in the room looking at Sean, Gus, and Henry, and last scene, she was kind of uncomfortable by him, um, so that's the thing to note. Then we cut back to before, when they're reviewing the stuff about Bouchard, that he went to the mission of Monterey, then eventually to Santa Barbara, made off with gold coins, but sunk allegedly, but then hid clues in his maps, yada, yada, yada. But he got this map. Where, where did um, Uncle Jack get this map? Um, in Ar- Argentina? Exactly, Argentina. Um, yes. Is that even, like, I don't even know. It do I mean, I don't know if you know, but in South American space, is that, do they even say Argentina? Because I know Argenti- it's... Argentina, Argentina. They would, yeah. okay. Because yeah, I know that, Argentina. like... No, I, I know that. I was just curious if, like, did you know? Cause you, I feel like the J sounds and the X sounds are the ones that are different dialects in Spanish do differently, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like obviously, that. you know, it's. I'm not the first person to tell you that uh, Hollywood treats every Spanish dialect like it's exactly the same, like it's Mexican. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Argentinian people do have, like, a very sing-songy way. It's very easy yeah. to pick up on their accent, so I... Um, but the thing about this episode is they don't, they speak in neither an Argentinian nor in a Spanish accent. So. Yeah, I, it didn't. It sounded like st- Spanish. It, it sounded like standard Hollywood Mexican accent to me, which is probably I didn't look up the oh, actor, well. but I, let me uh, let me actually look him up as we talk. But um, so he asked, you know, you want to be treasure hunters? They want to, um, and but he offers them he offers them a deal. They split fifty fifty. Yeah, they split fifty fifty, and um, you know. It, it would be a ton of uh, a ton of money. Well, depending on like how big they assume Bouchard's treasure to be, and mm. you know, right off the bat, though, it is curious to note that Gus is super into it because I think it just plays into his whole um, I don't know sen- sense of like childlike mystery that he seems to. That's like yes. the one thing he responds to. Sean likes the adventure of it. Gus likes the intellectual, you know, whatever. Pursuit. It, you know, yeah, yeah, agreed. So um, that's when, you know, Sean breaks out that he might be able to help with his. No, actually, I think what is it, Jack, that points out that he might be able to help him with the special gift that he has. Yes, exactly. About him in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. 
And Sean seems a little bit uneasy because he's very hesitant. I guess with the people that he knows or mm -hmm. the people in his like personal life, he's very hesitant mm -hmm. to admit to being an actual psychic. Um, mm -hmm. But Uncle Jack pumps him up and, you know, he gets them all amped and they decide, you know, we're going to go. Uh, we're going to start. So they go to the first stop, the first clue, which is uh, the steps of the mission uh, in mm -hmm. Santa Barbara. Um, so, yeah, they go inside and they meet. Uh, there's like a, there's clearly some sort of scheduled meeting between Karen Raven, who is like, I don't know, the director of the Historical mm -hmm. Society of Santa Barbara or some shit. Mm. And they are there because Jack is masquerading as an important professor named Espinoza. And mm. so they only have 10 minutes before the actual Espinoza, so they better get to it. Yes. I will note, I looked up the actor, whose name is actually Mark D. Espinoza, coincidence. Um, mm. And he is born and raised in Texas. He's from a Tejano family. Um, uh. So, yeah. Shouts to them. People always forget. An underrated, underrepresented group of uh, people who you know, are of Latin descent and, but never lived in Mexico, if that makes sense. I remember that was a thing that, I remember Eva Longoria went on a rant about that once where she's like, my family's been Mexican this whole, we, everyone calls us Mexican, but I've lived in Texas, we've lived in Texas since, Who you know, this? we were moved. What? Who said this? Eva Longoria is, uh. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Where she's like, we lived in Southern Texas and it used to be Mexico, but like people are like, oh, you went across the border. It's like, no, the border went across us. Anyway, yeah. always a fun thing to think about. So they end up accidentally, he calls he calls Sean uh, Juan Priestley, which makes him think the priest, so that might be a problem. Um, but the thing that he tells them before they go in is say yes to everything, which leads to a moment which I think is very funny when the Karen whatever addresses them and asks them a question. They both go, yes. <laughs> yes, 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 they do. Um so yeah, they uh, that's you know that's when we hear about this Espinoza guy, and um, it's very like the way that Jack's dressed is very uncharted, like let's just say. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so finally, Jack unrolls the whole map, and we basically find a huge problem. Mm -hmm. uh, the map has an issue. There's a gigantic part that's been ripped out of it. Yeah, and this so is because I guess that's of what a, they're there to find out. Yes, because of a, th a whole situation with a one-legged woman and a bottle of Cody Sark, which man. If you're drinking, if you're drinking that type of liquor straight, that might be. So you, you're lucky you just lost part of a map. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think Cuddy Sark is that bad, but yeah, it's not. But it's it's more of a mixer than anything. It's not like you know. Um, yeah. And so Sean's looking at the map, and he sees that there's like an anagram of big letters of that say color, which is French for color and painting. So they look through some paintings. They find a painting of Bouchard. And uh, they see a lighthouse in it that also matches a lighthouse on the map. So they think that's probably a clue of some kind. Um, yes. And so they end up going to the lighthouse and there's a problem. Yeah. Uh, and this is kind of intercut with um, them explaining to Lassie like what happened when they yeah. got there. And essentially they get there and they are met by another set of uh, partners uh, that Jack had. And they're not fucking around. They chase them off with guns. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. you know, would probably get me right off of this yeah. immediately. Exactly. Um, and so the running away and then, you know, the cutback and Karen's like, let me be Frank. And Sean says, well, okay. As long as I'm Dean Martin and he's Sammy Davis Jr. Point to Gus and Gus understandably offended is like, why do I have to be Sammy? It's like, okay, then he can be Sammy, but that makes you Joey Bishop. Who wants to be Joey Bishop? Which is, you know, I, these type of, this is why I love the show. I mean, that's, this is the dumbest. Yeah, I had no idea who Joey Bishop was, to be clear. I didn't know that until I – I wouldn't have known that if we watched this episode a month ago, but I watched the original Ocean's Eleven 
a few weeks ago. And you know what? It, you want me to? You want to hear my review? It okay. fucking blows. The first Ocean Eleven, like the, the original, one? like the the one from the sixties. Yeah, it's a because it's a Rat Pack movie, and that's what this is riffing on. And so Joy Bishop is one of the main is one of the main members of the Rat Pack. And yeah, it is insane how it's not even like mildly entertaining. Like it's one of the most boring movies I've ever seen in my life. I don't recommend it. Um, I kind of agree with the remake, honestly. What the remake? Oh, the remake's one of my favorite movies. Dude, fuck off! I'm gonna see. I, I watched the remake a couple stinks. weeks ago. I watched the remake a couple weeks ago, and I got a text actually last night from Michael Springthorpe saying, "Hey, the Metrograph is doing a repertory screening of Ocean's Eleven on Saturday. You want to go?" And you and I said, "Absolutely." So I'm seeing it on Saturday in the theater. I love that movie. Um, I think those movies stink. I think they're all great. I think Steven Soderbergh is uh, one of the greatest filmmakers alive, and you can eat those words. So anyway, they end up getting tied up in a cabin, um, and clearly Jack's former partner, as we skipped over, his former partner hates him because he apparently slept with his wife, his sister, and his housekeeper. So there's some animosity. Yeah, he's also one of the worst actors I've ever seen on this show. Mm -hmm. He's really terrible. Um, (laughs) And so... um, yeah, they get tied up, and uh, he means business. He punches Jack right in the fucking face. Mm-hmm. Um, but before it gets a little bit further, Sean interrupts him with another psychic vision. Um, he starts to think about when he first noticed that they were, like, I guess, on the outskirts of the scenes previously. Mm-hmm. They were in the in that mission when they were getting, uh, you know, when they got brought into that room. And um, he notices that one of them was lighting a candle to the patron saint of pregnant women. So he remarks on, oh, don't worry about your wife or girlfriend like mm-hmm. the pregnancy's gonna go fine so you know he's just trying to prove his bona fides mm-hmm. yes so um sean ends up capitulating and lets them know where the map is it's in the backpack so they take it out and they realize there's the tear and um so they basically in order to get them out of there sean gives them the map and tells them quote unquote where to go so we cut back to the um playstation and they have a og for gus like you mentioned and um they ask Henry if he filed a burglary report, which we want we put a pin in, obviously, because we have not seen his house get burglared yet. Correct. Yeah, I was con- I was confused about that at the time, um, and so yeah, he didn't do that, and he also is the one who picked them up from the cabin, and you know, good question. How did he find them if he didn't have if none of them had their phones on them? Um, Sean at first starts to explain that he can like send psychic messages to people in his life, which of course is bullshit. And he finally admits that essentially Gus had a second phone that they somehow didn't find on his person, um, tied to his like, you know, ankle as if it was like a gun, you know, where people hide guns. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's his work phone. So he doesn't want to fuck around with that, but you know, it's a very Mm -hmm. desperate time they find themselves in. So uh sean basically maneuvers his way like they fall to the floor together and he somehow uses his mouth to get the phone out of the holster and mm-hmm. place a call to foo's palace? palace yeah a chinese place it seems like um and so they end up having to redial uh and, and end up calling henry who comes to pick him up um and they when they get back when he gets back uh the house has been rummaged through um and they're looking for something but what were they looking for? What could possibly be, um, you know, what could possibly be at Henry's house? Because Jack wasn't there. But then Sean remembers what Jack was doing when they first walked in. Yeah, uh, they caught him in the middle of him doing something. And now it's clear that he was hiding something um, in the coffee table. So Sean looks in there and he finds a key, a very old looking key. 
Mm-hmm. So that's the next clue, I guess. Um, and yeah, Henry is, you know, obviously upset that they broke into his house and basically fucked up his living room. You know, who wouldn't be? Mm-hmm. But, you know, they still, at the same time, the other three want to just continue with this uh, search. Exactly. So Jack's going to go hit the head and they're going to head out. Um, and Hit the head means he's going to go drink, right? No, go pee. Oh, I never knew. Okay, yeah. got it. Um, I mostly know that because there was a um, Seth Meyers does a thing on his show where he'll have when he has former SNL cast members on, he'll do sketches that they tried to pitch a bunch of times that got rejected. And one time Andy Sandberg did one where you understand why I got rejected. He's one of the dumbest sketches, but it's just a guy who he just goes up to people at a bar and goes, "Hey man, I was just thinking of hitting the head. You want to come with?" <laughs> Which. And it's just like variations of that for like a minute, like for like three minutes of just, you know, the head. I was thinking about hitting it up. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. Um, so uh, they they need Henry's car because Gus's car stalls the lighthouse and Henry doesn't want to go. But he ends up deciding he's going to because the alternative is that Jack will hotwire a car. Um, and so Sean says he's used the key to guide him. He puts the key over his eye um, and uh they're they're smooth sailing it seems until they real until we see a black car with some scary looking dudes in suits is chasing them. Yeah, they're being followed. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll see what comes of that. They head to the ruins of the next clue, which is the Presidio del Pacifico, um, mm-hmm. which of course has long been gone, and it's basically a small commercial you know, mm-hmm. cute little neighborhood area, mm-hmm. um, which they remarked that the bell tower hasn't been around, hasn't been around for a hundred years. So they need to, you know, Sean suggests they go back in time to figure this out. And the way he does that is by just remembering what the map looked like, looking mm-hmm. at like, or remembering what a current map of Santa Barbara looks like mm-hmm. and kind of just overlaying it onto there. And then they kind of like go, what I thought was they, I thought they went in like a gigantic circle, but I guess not. Because they end up in front of a They did go in a gigantic circle, but the thing is the map doesn't show that there are buildings in between now. That's where they go in the circle. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious, so have you ever been to any of these, like, ruins from, like, uh, the Spanish conquest of California? Yeah, I've been to this mission in San Juan Capistrano. And then there was a very popular, like, activity, or, like, uh, thing that you would do in, like, second or third grade, or first grade even, where you would have to, like, build, um, like, a mission out of, like, I don't know. What do they call that shit? Like styrofoam, essentially. Okay. And like you would have to decorate it and stuff. So like it doesn't. It seems kind of insane, but if you go to like if you would go to Michaels or Ann's or some shit at the time, like you could find those kits. So you would just wow. build it together and then just kind of paint everything and make it look mm. a certain way. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the f- few things that Florida and California have in mm-hmm. common because mm-hmm. obviously Florida is very much where like there's not as much still standing stuff, except of course that Florida does have the longest still standing city in the country. Uh, and I've been to the oldest fort in the New World. Thank you very much. Uh, so What's that's what that? they Florida. Uh, the Castillo de San Marcos in St. Augustine. It has one thing. One thing that Florida has beat over California is that we have the oldest still standing fort. Um, it's pretty boring. But uh, that's yeah. pretty cool, though. I mean, St. Augustine is like there's a, there's a bunch of old, but like there's like the oldest house that's still standing in the Americas. Um it's it's a you know thing is it's a classic place that has enough cool stuff to do for one day because it also is a place too that like a lot of when rich people start moving to florida they start building mansions there so you can tour a bunch of them but we had a we did like a three-day trip there and there's just not 
there's not three days worth of stuff to do. <laughs> um, no, of course not. No. It's like, it, what I would say is like, if you're like, you know, going to, if you're like taking a road trip down to Disney and you want to stop for one day, great, great idea. Um, anyway, uh, they end up getting on the roof of a muffler shop, which is where the lighthouse was. They get on the roof because Jack gave him a penny and offered him 50%. And we learn the deal with pennies is that it's apparently good luck. Uh, there's a long and the short of it is that it puts good luck into the world. Yeah, which the whole world could use a lot more of. Um, mm-hmm. Corny ass shit. Uh, so, you know, they look across or Sean looks across and tries to kind of figure out, he does the map thing again. And they, he figures that they have to go to the bluff that's to the right or the left of them. I can't remember where. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It did not matter. Yeah. So they just, they straight up just take off, uh, for that. And as they're leaving the place, um, Mm -hmm. we see that Mark and his, his boys are there with the map and they give chase to them. So when we cut to them getting to the area around where the bluff is um nice location uh, mm-hmm. that they were shooting in we have like a certified chase through the forest mm-hmm. and eventually um we see how Sean, sorry how gus loses the second puma no the first one where how did he the lose the first puma one set? yeah if, if that's why oh, the the yeah, 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 yeah sorry sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. so he lost the puma in a mud puddle mm-hmm. it looks like he threw it in a giant mud puddle mm-hmm. um and so you know he loses it behind. They eventually run out of space to like be at, yeah. and they come across like the very edge of the bluff. Mm-hmm. Um, Uncle Jack leaves them, um, leaves Henry, Sean, and Gus just mm-hmm. chilling there, and uh, they find a helicopter pointed at yeah. them with some pretty serious-looking guns. Yes. Yep. And so we then cut back, and we realize this guy is Andres Calaria. Apparently, he represents from the Spanish government uh, and Antiquities Division. Um, and uh, he's now interrogating them. He's clearly fed up with waiting. And Sean says to him that it's not in the bluffs, che. But then, much like the film Idle Hands, but with no nudity, he's his hand starting idle, and he starts writing words from the map. Uh, color, ke, uh, what was it? Color, ke, cueva. Uh, cueva. Color cueva, which is uh, painted caves. Um, mm-hmm. We learned that Jules spent a semester in Paris. Not important, but I wrote it down. I don't know why. And how does how does Henry know about the painted caves? What did he used to do there? The, I forgot what the exact word is, but they used to basically bust kids for underage drinking. And he said, because he says oh, we used to rouse punks there all the time. Yeah, it's very old cop language, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's apparently where the Chumash uh, tribe used to paint um, mm-hmm. their their cave drawings. And uh, yeah, so. At first, oh, sorry, yeah, um, at first, um, what's it called? Uh, Vic doesn't want to let the Spanish representatives yeah. take uh, Sean mm-hmm. and Gus because they are technically employees of the SFPD mm-hmm. or SBPD. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they get past the bureaucratic red tape and they end up taking them anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And on his way out, we see Sean bump into Jules, which is not something you notice it until later. Um, right. So they're digging in a cave, Sean and Gus, and they end up getting to a chest. And there is indeed gold coins in the chest. There, the treasure was real. Um, and uh, Sean is back. Would, would these be considered doubloons? I, I, I mean, that's a good question. I'll, we can call them doubloons. I don't know if there's a specific. It's a Spanish gold coin, specific. So yeah, then they're doubloons. They get their doubloons. And uh, Sean's about to hand it over, but he says he knows three things. Number one, the secret of Nim and the secret of my success are the same. What Number is the two, secret of Nim? It was another movie with the title The Secret of in it. Um, okay. Number two, you don't work for the Spanish government. And number three, these caves are slippery. And then he throws the shovel at them. So they're running away. Um, yeah. And then as they're running away, who happens to be there too? 
the goons. Yeah, not the goonies. The goons are there. Um, so, yeah, they 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 they're all running. Basically, everyone's chasing Sean and Gus, um, and they come into a clearing. And just would you look at that? Uncle Jack's there with a car. I am assuming he hotwired it, or I don't yeah. know how the fuck he got it. But he pulls up, and mm-hmm. you know he convinces them to give him the gold. Uh, mm-hmm. just because if they don't have the gold, then they won't have anything to worry about, mm-hmm. which we all know where this is going. Mm-hmm. And he unfortunately tugs at Sean's heartstrings by telling him that he'll meet him at Red Robin after mm-hmm. this, yeah. in an hour. Mm-hmm. And so he gives him the gold, and then the two groups, the Argentinians and the other goons, show up there you know, in a Mexican standoff. Sean points out if there were doves, it would be like a John Woo movie. And so they, these are all people that have all been betrayed by Jack, and they're like, okay, let's ransom Sean. Uh, you know, and for the gold, yada, yada, yada. But as they're deciding whether what they're going to do, all the cops are all up um, and they get arrested. And Gus asks what happened. And I love Sean says, I thought you weren't a fan of the wrap up, but he gives the wrap up anyway. Um, mm-hmm. That he knew he was Argentinian because his accent was Argentinian and Sean worked in Argentina for a year, apparently. And that Che is a Argentinian slang term. So he clearly was taken aback by it. It's somewhat, at, Sean compares it to, it's like when I call you Black Star, Home Skillet, or Big Baby Borden. Please don't call me <laughs> Home Skillet, Sean. I love that you think he's going to say, please don't call me Big Baby Borden, but it's Home Skillet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, he so he told Jules this to follow them, and so that's how they ended up. Uh, when he bumped you know, into her. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they he suggests maybe they get some jerk chicken, but that's not what's on the menu, because yeah. Red Robin's on the menu. Yum. And Sean's there, and Henry shows up because I guess Sean called him over there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he needs a ride home because Gus was—he uh, didn't want to wait around for a guy who's never going to show up. So you know, Uncle Jack, scum again. Yeah. And you know, Henry welcomes him to the club of people who have been basically screwed by his brother. And mm. yeah, he—he he can't believe that he got away with the gold this time. Yeah. Except there's a problem. He didn't. Sean pulls some of those doubloons out of his pocket. Apparently Gus has the rest, and they're donating most of it to the museum. Apparently he switched it out when he saw Jack following them, and uh, then we cut to Jack in a car on the side of the road, looking to look at his gold, dumps it out, nothing but rocks, and a penny. Mm -hmm. Boom. Got him. Yeah, Yeah, loser. And that's uh, kind of how it ends. Mm -hmm. Uh, So first thing, why wouldn't you just keep a couple of those doubloons? They're he not going to know how many were in there. He, that's what no, he said. Like, okay, so then they better be fucking rich the next episode I see them in. Well, I don't. I think they kept some of the blooms, not a lot of the blooms. I also don't know how much the blooms are worth, honestly. A lot um, of money. They are? Okay. Well. Yes. I mean, they're not rich, so I guess they didn't keep that many to blooms. Um, or, yes. I mean, I'll be honest. Let's, Sean could pretty easily blow some money, you know. That's true. Uh, I so can't believe you, you got us. I can't believe you got us volcano insurance, Sean. You know, like, it's it's pretty... Yeah, that's true. Uh, what would you give this episode, Jake? Uh, probably a eight. Is either that or seven point five? But wow, okay, I'm I gave it a seven. Well, you know, uh, we did this is this is a big disagreement episode. We're, this is the only episode that's getting in a fist fight. But before that happens, Andre, tell people where they can find you on social media. You can follow me at andrebarrera.bluesky.social or at andrebarrera on Twitter or at fo- Mario Andre Barrera on Threads. You can follow me on Twitter at the Jake Christie, Jake Christie at Blue Sky, the social on Blue Sky, and on Threads I'm Jake T Christie. But why would you be on that site to begin with? 
Um, and more important than that, uh, share this with the biggest psych fan in your life. Rate, review, subscribe, and tune in next time as we talk about. Wow, man, this is a real. This is a hero of an episode. Disco didn't die; it was murdered.